Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. This week's quote is from Victor Hugo. Music expresses that which cannot be put into words, and that also which cannot remain silent. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, I took a look at my life life from (laughs) rear and left. Uh, I almost started singing the (laughs) Amish Paradise. Oh, no. Wait, which one do you like better? Do you like Weird Al or Coolio's version? Damn. And there is a right answer. Weird Al. Ooh. (laughs) Jim, I don't know if we can be friends anymore. I think that's one of my favorite Weird Al songs. It is pretty funny. Some of the uh, Weird Al stuff Amish is like really weird, and some of it is not funny, but some of it is like, okay, it's pretty, good. pretty good. Some of my favorite Weird Al stuff is not parody songs. Some of them are like, like originals. It's like original, weird, Dude, really weird stuff. Weird <laughs> shit. Like there's a song <laughs> called uh, Albuquerque. It's like yes. an eight-minute song. Uh-huh. That's like a know, saga I'm very about familiar. him. <laughs> yep. uh, Albuquerque. Yeah, there's a there's a song. Gosh, I cannot think of it at the moment, but it is. It was on a mixtape, like mixtape. It was on a, a mix CD <laughs> when uh, when I was young and had a I had a computer at home that I use like lime wire and some of those other things when people downloaded songs and put oh them God, on CDs. Wire. Um, and I made this like weird playlist of funny parody songs. And a few of them were weird Al songs. And then a few of them were like really awful, explicit takes on like either rapper takes on some classic like children's songs or like just real just really <laughs> stupid shit like I twinkle I think, twinkle little star you little bitch you know like it was just really <laughs> really ridiculously stupid like dumb stuff but some of it was pretty funny and and with the weird out songs kind of stuff but mm-hmm. so for any of you that are interested in the topic of today, it is music. Jim and I both enjoy music in a lot of different ways. We enjoy listening to music and playing music and talking about music. And so that is what we're going to do in this episode. I thought this was going to be more of a chronicling of a rise to power. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, you can shoot mind bullets from 50 yards away. Only if we have Dio. Yeah. Dio. Tenacious D. Ryan, do you remember when we went to that concert? <laughs> oh, man. It was so cool. So that we were like lucky enough to. True. It was, dude. That whole night was just like warm and fuzzy and wild. I'm so glad that we went like pre pandemic, too, because who knows? Like they, they may not ever tour again. Yeah. It's it's very, very, very true. Um, 
Yeah, that show did not disappoint. I was I was like somewhat worried that they weren't going to be as good in, as live in live as as I thought they were going to be, and I was very much proven wrong. What was a concert that you've been to where you were really disappointed? Where you were like, "Man, I love this music, but now that I've seen it live, they either their performance was bad or they just sounded bad or you just had a generally bad experience like what what's the first thing that comes to mind um shoot man i've seen a lot of live bands been to a lot of music festivals trying to think of one that really stands out I know the ones that kind of blew me away. I'm having trouble recalling ones that were pretty piss poor, or it, like it didn't didn't meet expectations. Maybe it's because I've repressed them from my mind. <laughs> you know what's really bad? Like I I have this belief, and and feel free to to contradict it, but I feel like live music is kind of like pizza. Like even when it's really bad, it's still pretty damn good. Your mm-hmm. your experience of live music is it's so much more than the music it's so much more than uh like they're just vibes from the crowd the musicians like you can just feel the energy it's just so so much different than any other kind of experience and and i can say this from the perspective of a very intimate show where it's like a really small venue you're inside um, mm-hmm. there are only a few hundred people or even less than that versus like a big auditorium or a big, uh, performance outside performance venue where there are thousands of people is that no matter what the dynamic is, you still just feel that connection, or at least I do still feel that connection between you just become in sync with the people around you. It's just a, a cool experience. It's really kind of difficult to describe. Yeah. It, it was, it's, it's like a shared communal experience like especially i think this like like you said the small ones i went to this show in in colorado with australian sam remember sam yeah uh-huh. yeah um it was uh atlas genius it's actually an australian band oh That's i love atlas we genius they're a great band and it was a tiny venue it was like maybe 200 people 150 people and they just they rock the place out. They did like three encores, and then afterwards they all were at the booth with their. They travel around like with their family, and they all were selling merch and stuff. And they like we shook hands with them and said hi. And they went wild when they found out that Sam was from Australia. He's from Melbourne. It was it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. So, what do you? Um, how do you think because I've I've kind of struggled with this for a long time about like the persona and the the way of thinking about musicians is I don't know if this is because of all the movies and documentaries I've seen depicting musicians or if it's my own personal experience or a mixture of both like seeing them live or seeing them in interviews Mm -hmm. is that it would be really difficult to keep a sense of like humility and perspective and uh, like to stay grounded uh, like down to earth when so many people 
I mean, I'm, I'm maybe talking more about like really famous bands, but like even, even some bands that are up and coming, like you just have so many people that adore you. Like there, there are people that legitimately weep when they see their favorite musicians live, like that, not, not because of the music, but just because it's like you, I idolize you or like, I love what you do so much that you like you've transformed my life or, or whatever. And I know that this isn't necessarily secluded to music, but I would love to hear your thoughts on how as a musician, and I know that neither of us are like famous musicians. So maybe we're just speaking from our own view, but, but Yet. how you, right? <laughs> uh, in our next episode, Jim and I are going, going to talk about our ambitions to go on a world tour of our two-man show, uh, the Jim and Ryan experience, yes. the Jimbo Rydizzle uh, <laughs> connection. Um, hmm. So wait, like you mean... Like how why we have such an emotional connection? No, to and I didn't really ask the question very well. I'm I'm more talking about like how as a musician or how as a famous musician, you keep your your feet on the ground and and how you retain some sort of humility about your craft when people worship you essentially. Like how how do you not let that get to your head where you're like oh I'm so famous it doesn't matter how I perform it doesn't matter like what I do or the quality of my performance because people love me. And so I, I don't have to invest as much energy. Um, and I feel like that has happened in artists that we have enjoyed and loved. I'm trying <laughs> to think of like <laughs> one in between. <laughs> American boy. <laughs> uh, the mountain goat that can also sing. <laughs> yeah. That's that's mean. Um, I don't know. I feel like if that's just something that happens to anyone who becomes famous. You kind of get that. You're at a crossroads to kind of keep going for the love of music, or to kind of sell out to the money and the. And then kind of rest back on your laurels when you're when you've made it big enough, you start producing shit. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and and I agree with you. I, I don't know if it's secluded to music, but um, right. I, I do think it's interesting because like if one singular person in the band is is kind of more popular than others, you see that kind of spread like a contagion within the band where one person becomes too big for their britches and they're like they didn't come here to see the band they came here to see me and i and i mean there have been tons of examples of this throughout history where people go off and do their own solo career because they Mm -hmm. they have either been told by other record executives or other people like hey you you are the reason why this band is popular and you should do your own thing because you could be extremely successful and and that kind of stuff so i don't know i just i i thought it would be interesting to to talk about and i don't know if we want to kind of paint in a corner that we're talking exclusively about bands that sing and also play music or if we want to delve into the kind of orchestral uh instrumental I mean, I've, 
I feel like that happens anywhere. I mean, beyond music as well, but any kind of music, you know, you get a composer that kind of gets too too famous, and then they they kind of try to rest on their laurels, as it were. I don't know any of that come to mind. I mean, maybe Mozart, but he was a, a wild baby genius that made good music regardless. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be... What, what do you think about music in general? Like moving uh, moving away from talking about like live music and yeah. and concerts. Well, before we do that, though, what is your like most memorable or favorite concert experience that you have? Oof. Um, and you're not restricted to say a concert that you've been to with me out of fear of repercussions or anything. Like <laughs> it's honestly <laughs> probably a three-way tie. You can't have a tie, Jim. I'm, I, I'm not. Man. Okay, you can have but a tie. But I can't. You can have a tie. So, like, I, I'm not trying to brag. <laughs> I feel like if I were to count up all of the bands I've seen live, including like music festivals and stuff, and like group concerts, I've probably seen a good hundred bands, if not more. Jim, that live. sounds like you're bragging a little bit. That sounds like <laughs> maybe a little. Um, and I would say the three bands that kind of blew me away were Weezer. I saw Weezer with Taking Back Sunday and Blink-182. That'd be a cool concert. Like, back in college. Uh, Monsters and Men. um, uh, Was it Fun? No, Group Love. It was Group Love. And then, uh, I forget the third band. That one was insane. I didn't know what to expect from a Monsters and Men and it was at a pretty small venue before they were like super big and holy cow they were they impressed they're very talented people uh and then Tenacious D dude that concert <laughs> fucking rocked that was cool I can't <laughs> confirm Group Love is solid band I of all the bands you just mm-hmm. listed other than Tenacious D either there's someone else they actually headlined that night it, uh Monsters and Men kind of were opening for them they're very good. Good live. How about yourself? Ooh, yeah, I have a twenty-seven way tie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I mean, I'll like you, I've. I mean, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen nearly as many concerts or bands live, but I, I've seen a pretty good amount. And Can Rocks, this was a really cool experience for me. I, I think of all the cumulative experiences, other than. Um, like a few that I've had with you and a few that I've had with Catherine. I think those are that, that experience was the coolest. Um, I mean, I was able to see Arctic monkeys, Eminem, Muse, uh, black keys, Kid Cudi. Uh, to name, Ooh, the to, black to, keys are to name awesome a few. Life. And this is like 2010, like 2009, 2010. Mm-hmm. So it's like right as Arctic monkeys were becoming, I mean, what they are, not what they are today, but they were kind of an up and coming band at that point. Black Keys had just released Brothers, which was like, it's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite albums they have. And Eminem hadn't been on tour for 
years. Um, and so, it, and, and it was always kind of, it was never a bucket list thing for me, but I was like, it'd be really cool to see Eminem live. And it was really cool. There were 54, 55,000 people at that concert. It was nuts. Um, yeah. So that, that's probably the most like standout memorable concert experience I've had. And I, I don't know if I would really consider a music festival, a single concert experience, but that was the, right. Especially the multi-day the ones. Most insane like lineup. Um, I mean, there was like, there was Primus, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. Um, I wasn't Muse yeah, I there saw too. Muse, I saw Flaming Lips. Um, mm-hmm. There were just so many. Bass Nectar was there. Like th- it was just kind of an un- unrealistic collection of extremely talented <laughs> performers, and no one disappointed. I don't know why like, everybody was extremely right. good. Um, but I will say this, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to was Andrew McMahon. Um, he was extremely good. Like one of, one of the best live performers I've seen. And uh, are you familiar with Andrew McMahon? Not so So, much. Is he a singer? Yeah, he's, it's Andrew McMahon in the wilderness is, um, this group's called it. Oh and yeah. He plays the piano and he like he does such a cool mixture of like that was one of the first concerts that Catherine and I went to together. So it maybe it's also a sentimental thing in that respect, but it was mm-hmm. just a kick ass show live. Um he he was so energetic and he he played all the crowd pleasing songs. Um he it was just really cool. You know, when you see someone that's that is such a good performer and also extremely talented, like uh, technically extremely talented. It's, it's refreshing because mm-hmm. sometimes you get people who can sing an, um, like their voice is incredible or they can just shred on the guitar or they can play the piano so well, but they just start kind of stale <laughs> and it's just like, they're really good, but they don't really have much mm-hmm. show like show showmanship showmanship, but um i don't know but so anyway that that's probably the other other one that comes to mind and of course tenacious d is just a a haunt special place in the heart of something that was a bucket list uh thing for me so yeah that's uh that's my list lady gaga was also good um i want to see her live that's that's on the bucket list really good i absolutely i'm in love with her music. i know we were talking about like favorite experience so i guess we could just talk all day about the different concerts that we've been to but i just wanted to did, did you see a star yeah it's Born? a really good movie it is a really good movie but it's it's also like and it, it's like a, it's a tale that has been told before it's not original in that movie but it's kind of interesting how that movie is a chronicling of Lady Gaga's rise because she actually got famous in a very similar situation to that, which is, I thought that was really cool. But also, it was a very sad movie. Very, very well acted. Absolutely. But, so Ryan, switching gears, your favorite instruments and 
how well you think you I do want to come back to your question about music and and like just generally music too so let's let's not forget to do that um yes instruments um my favorite instrument currently is the piano um but that's that's quickly followed by the voice box um i well because i don't know if we're considering you know if we're considering someone's ability to sing as an instrument but i i consider it an instrument because you're you're using it to produce tones and that kind of thing so are we excluding or including a voice Okay. Oh, including it, the voice, the human voice is very much. So I consider that number one, as far as my value on things. But piano is probably number two currently. Um, let do you like top three? Sure. Then, gosh, this one's tough. Um, as far as like, and even like even an instrument you want to learn too, not just like what you're proficient in. Because I'm not gonna say that I'm amazing at any instrument. oh yeah i'm i'm not either um i would say yeah i was gonna <laughs> say that too thanks jim so, uh <laughs> i i think it's probably gonna have to be uh a violin uh i think that's my third favorite instrument um because so i don't play the violin uh i am a mediocre singer and i would say i am a novice to beginner piano player um main and then as far as one of the reasons why i love the violin and i just want to touch on this for just a second is because it the sound of it is so distinct and it has created some of my favorite music to listen to like just just passive listening to um especially classical Mm -hmm. um and it just brings me joy anytime I hear a violin played, like played well. Um, right. <laughs> it's the opposite and when not. It, it just, just floors me. It's a very visceral, emotional experience mm-hmm. hearing the violin. It's a very, it's a, an instrument that usually takes a lifetime to truly master too. Uh, I would argue I have any a instrument is like sister-in-law. That True. But the violin is is such a it has such a finer tune than a lot of other instruments and it's easy to That's get fair. it wrong. I my my sister-in-law plays the violin and and my niece also plays. And listening to them play, you really get a respect for uh the amount of work it takes to to, to play that instrument. It's a super uh, cap- captive instrument when played right. Oh, really quickly. Ryan, yeah, would really you like to hear? Before we hear yours. Go ahead. I want to amend my concert going list from earlier. My favorite concert of all time is a classical music concert that we saw when we were in France in Paris at the Saint-Chapelle Cathedral. It was a it was a classical music concert with a quintet, I think. Um, so it was I five. I think it was five. Maybe it was six. A sextet. <laughs> I I can't remember exactly how many there were. I think it was five, six, or seven. One of those numbers. But they did Vivaldi, uh, Paco Bell's Canon, and 
Uh, and they did all four seasons of Vivaldi, which was amazing. Ooh, I think he, he was a he was a Russian. Or he a was Italian, poser, wasn't he? Antonio Vivaldi. Yeah, Italian. Yeah, Antonio Vivaldi. Who am I thinking of? He's the uh, Russian. There are a lot of Russian composers. Composer, <laughs> right? But the Russian, the Russian classical music is always so like deep and um, sad. Uh, Tchaikovsky. Yeah, yeah, Tchaikovsky. But anyway, that I just wanted to that's... amend my list and say if I had to pick one, that would be that would be my number one. It was that's it was a transform life life changing experience, and I can't say that about any other concert I've been to. Mm-hmm. Well, classical music played with extreme talent and precision can be literally yeah. mind blowing. It's a reason why that music is so timeless. I listen to it. So, what's <laughs> your yours? What are your top top three? Or you can go beyond that if you want to. So I think I think my favorite instrument that I have no idea how to play is the cello. I think the cello makes that it's like a beautiful baritone violin that just it does uh, sound nice. Hits yeah. me right in the heartstrings. And it just, it's, it can make such powerful music. It's, you know, obviously in, in tandem with the violin. It's like yeah. a bass violin. Well, that's also called a viola, but. Um, so the, so the cello. And I wish I knew how to play that instrument. I always think of uh, School of but Rock. To... Have you, you've seen School of Rock, haven't you? When yes, he's like, turn Black. it on its side, cello, you've got a bass. <laughs> I always think of that anytime <laughs> I hear that word. Anyway. It's awesome. <laughs> um, probably second, guitar. I think it's the instrument I've played for the longest. Probably know how to play the best. And third is piano. Respect. I... Uh, like you, I I love I love the versatility of the piano and in the different. I mean, the piano can fit in really any yes. kind of music, and it can take the role of of many different parts of the music too, because of the versatility of the the scales and the notes. I love that. But it, a wonderfully played sol like solo piano can be Ooh. by itself so incredibly yeah, it powerful. Yeah, it's chills on your spine when you hear somebody play it. And also, if you have even mm-hmm. a base understanding, I know sometimes it. Uh, I speak from my own experience. Like you look at somebody play an instrument, and you're like, I could do that. Like I could pick up a guitar and put my fingers on the frets and strum the guitar and make it sound good. That is not the case. Um, everything is very deliberate and intentional, and you, there's so much technical uh, skill and practice and expertise that's required mm-hmm. to be able to make really good music, um, let alone like good rhythm. Um, it's one thing to be able to play a song. It's another thing to be able to play the song in the right key and in, in, in the right rhythm and all that stuff so yeah once you humble yourself 
to start actually playing it uh and then you're like holy shit this is really hard then you watch somebody who can play extremely well and there is just so much respect for at least i do have so much respect for people that can play the piano really well um anyway that's agreed close your mind i have a um my sister-in-law her family is australian american they live in austria and they all grew up playing classical instruments that was something that they their parents like wanted them to know how to do and uh Razy, her sister um is a con- uh, a concert pianist and listening to her play blows the mind you're just like watching her fingers dance around the the keyboard without her even looking down she has the the keyboard completely memorized and she spot reads like with precision it's be- it's awesome it's crazy mhm and my my uh, my nephew actually is learning the piano and he he he's very good already and if he stays the course if he if he likes it that much he will be i think he'll be just as good as she is um she actually is studying to be a doctor in music at harvard right now fun fact yeah it's wild that she was accepted as a foreigner still really neat and then, One of the, and the things middle, right. that there's a lot of anyway. uh, value in, in playing an instrument um, because I, I can't remember who did this study, but it, it basically said that music is the only activity, playing an instrument is the only activity where it activates all parts of your brain at the same time um, because it's just mm-hmm. such a, a holistic experience for your like your body and your emotions and like all sorts of different things. And so if you feel uh, like you're not like you've slowed down, but if you would like to kind of like challenge your mind, uh, picking up an instrument could be a a really good exercise for you, even if you have no intention of mastering it or becoming a a professional or anything, just picking something up and, and learning to, to play around with it and play notes and different things like that could be very helpful for you. So right. I would encourage anybody who's interested, um, even if you have no intention of, of pursuing it to its fullest degree to, to do it because it, it can be a really enjoyable the yeah, process of doing it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild. But like the, the, the power of music, it's, that's something that's always, um, like awestruck me it's the um, the emotions that music can admit you know it can be sadness happiness it can be anger it can be peace relaxation it can it can focus you it can help your like uh kind of augment your mind and your ability to concentrate depending on you know the tempo and the instruments involved. 
and it's it's so cool like how music is is like a it's a universal language like how it anyone from any culture and background with any language can sit down with somebody else of a completely different background and language and they can enjoy a song together i mean they can dance to it together and and get kind of the same feelings out of it without being able to understand each other in the slightest and it lends a lot of credibility to why it's important and i mean it's been around for as long as human beings have have been around i mean as far as recorded history is concerned anyway but i I mean i would imagine even before when human beings were first learning how to socialize with each other um sounds uh and hitting like even something like hitting a stick against the another stick or against a rock or something like that there had Mm -hmm. to have been some some, the original right. <laughs> form of rock some sort of like hard rock even um but but that's <laughs> the hardest uh, of that's rock. something that's cool to think about fun fact uh i listen to i i write quite a bit on the on the side from my normal like work and all that kind of thing and um i listen to the lord of the rings trilogy soundtrack when i write um it's it's my mm-hmm. go-to just because there's well, I don't have to listen like to spark. words, and it is just extreme. Howard Shore is like a, an absolutely incredible composer, and he, like the music mm-hmm. played by the orchestra, is just amazing. Um, and if any of you have ever seen those movies, yes, the music has actually it, it's it's far exceeded. I'm a huge fanboy of Lord of the Rings, but um, so that's a, a kind of a side uh, caveat. But I, but I feel like that is something that kind of helped to tell the story of of movies and and TV shows, and and you can tell the difference between a really good show that evokes a, a really strong emotional response from you is not only just the acting, but the music that accompanies it, and so that that helps me because it gets me in the mood um, to, to start getting into it and, and writing. And it's something that, that I've really loved. Right. So yeah. So if any of you are, are interested in pursuing creative work, it can be helped to associate, uh, be helpful to associate a certain uh, soundtrack or songs or something like that. And that's not to say it can't change, but you know, instrumental music that can, that can encourage you and inspire you and get you kind of primed and ready to, to make things or do things that you've wanted to do. So. Mm-hmm. Well, Jim, do you concur. have anything else that you want to talk about in regards to music as a, as a hobby, a practice, uh, any kind of parting thoughts before we get into the be kind? No, I think we we hit on. I mean, we could probably, honestly, we could probably talk about this for another. Yeah, like, but we want to make sure that we but spare people of too 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 long. Spare the ears of our listeners. <laughs> right. I was looking back at our episodes, and we have like this trend of just like yeah. it's longer. Well, and longer I mean, we uh, we have a lot to talk about, so. 
Cool. Well, uh, we will take a quick break and then we'll be right back. A long, long time ago, in a I... galaxy far away. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Back to Weird Al. Yes. She just renamed uh, this podcast to Weird Al, a tribute. Yeah, Weird Owl as a tribute band. Mm-hmm. Weird, Al, <laughs> Weird Al City. Yeah, Weird Al City. Uh, I don't know what else. Really funny, actually, quick quick aside. Um, shoot, I don't even remember his real name. But the guy who is Al City, he got famous because he just had projects in his parents' basement because he lived with his parents and then, like, had some dead-end job. And then he just started sharing it online and somebody got wind of it and then it just spread on those certain channels online and then some producer got a hold of it is like hey yeah i like this let's sign this guy that's awesome <laughs> he was a smashing success from his parents basement that's never incredible say, never say never never say never so today's uh be kind uh i i would love to hear what you think too jim but uh, i would say listen to a a genre or a form of music that you've never listened to before and try to go in with an open mind. So if you, especially music that you might've written off, Mm -hmm. uh, like I, I for a long time said, I don't like contemporary country music and I, I don't think it's because I dislike the genre. I think it's because I had heard quite a few uh, artists and quite a few songs that I just didn't really care for. Um, but I, I don't know if it's fair to write off a whole genre of music because you maybe at the time in your life that you listened to it, you were in a phase where you were kind of rebellious and didn't want to listen to what other people were listening to. Um, but I, I would encourage you to go on Spotify or Apple or whatever streaming service you use or even YouTube and just like if you've never listened to it, hard rock before uh or blues or country or whatever it is and just listen to a few songs and try to find songs from different artists but also if you listen to a song from an artist and you're like i hate that song listen to a few different ones um and because if you take one piece of work and attribute an entire judgment to that whole artist based off of one song that you listen to Um, you wouldn't want somebody to judge you based on one interaction that they had with you. So um, try to give that same sort of grace to, to the the people that you're listening to. So that's mine. I I don't know if you have other thoughts. I know this is a topic that we both care about a lot. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to give you some space if you had other thoughts. Well, I I agree. Um, Writing off a genre of music because you think it's doesn't fit your culture or your personality or your persona is a, is a is an opportunity missed it's like it's like saying you don't like italians cuz you 
met this one Italian guy once and he was rude. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's pretty unfair. Um, for me personally, I grew up thinking country was garbage and I refused to listen to it because I didn't want to identify with that music. But then I started giving it a chance and I was like, okay, some of these songs are actually pretty good. I remember like listening to Tim McGraw for the first time and being like, shit, I actually like this. Uh, and I think music is surprising in, in so many ways as it is timeless and you should never narrow your musical scopes on petty things like that. Yeah, because there's always something else to appreciate about it. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you don't don't enjoy the singing, you can focus in on the the instruments that are being played or the rhythm or right. And there is and there are songs that may have like you listen to it and it it may you may enjoy it for the most unexpected reasons. But as so many things. You should expand your your musical mind. Indeed. All right. Well, any other thoughts or insight about maybe one music? one quick yeah. insight? I in college, I in the I lived in the dorms for a couple of years. I just remember one day, one of the people who lived in my dorm just like walked past me because I used to work at the front desk. Didn't really know her, and she just looked at me and said, hey, don't stop playing. And I was like, what? But uh, like, I I played my guitar every once in a while when we did the checkpoint at night just to kind of like lighten the mood and make it fun for when people came in late at night. Uh, And she just wanted to remind me not to give up on playing an instrument and and expanding my horizons there. And that's always kind of stuck with me. And it's kind of kept me going when learning an instrument or becoming frustrated learning an instrument. And it's just like that, those random words of kindness went far. So I would, I would suggest that even, even if music learning a music, a musical instrument can be frustrating and time consuming it, you learn so much about yourself and about your own enjoyment of music when you attempt to to, pl- to produce it yourself, to create it yourself. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree with that. That's my tea bits. Shall we move on to the recommendation? Sure, yeah, that sounds good. Thanks for weighing in. I love hearing your thoughts on that. Likewise. All right, everybody, we will take a quick break. Be right back with the recommendation for this week. Beyond my wayward son, there'll be peace when you have gone. (laughs) Yes. All right, Jim. Are you ready? So for this week's recommendation, I am returning to kind of our natural norm 
of food recommendations because we have kind of departed from that for the past couple of weeks. And so this is something that you you and I both can make because we both have the tools to do so. This recipe is, drum roll please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's called Instant Pot Chicken Marinara with Polenta. Ooh, Polenta. So this recipe is a simple equation for an easy and satisfying dinner that goes something like this. Chicken thighs plus a jar of marinara sauce. Dinner's done. Damn. So these are the three ingredients you need. You need chicken. Skinless chicken thighs are best for this, uh, but they also are very flavorful because they have skin and any chicken that's got skin on it uh, also is good as well so if you want to leave the skin on them you can but skinless chicken thighs supposedly work best for this recipe I've not made it but it looks good and sounds good and is simple you need marinara sauce and a little salt and that's, that's about it so you just Put the salted chicken thighs and tomato sauce into your Instant Pot. You cook on high for five minutes. You let a natural pressure release. Shred the chicken thighs and the sauce. And then you serve. And the polenta, you just prepare the polenta. Stoke top. Stoke top. You just put the chicken mixture on top of the polenta and enjoy. That sounds amazing. I feel like yeah, I, it's pretty I, simple, but it's got. It, I bet it would be very flavorful. Um, you, know, you could you, season, you know, the sauce or whatever too. You know, I'd be uh, adding garlic to this recipe. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta put as much garlic as you possibly can. Right. Um, so when you were gonna suggest food <laughs> for the musical episode, I my mind went first to maybe food that causes music. AKA flatulence. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be chill. <laughs> or well, Taco Bell. Well, <laughs> my, a guy that my mom used to date, he, anytime anybody said Taco Bell, he'd be, he would say, more like Taco Hell. <laughs> and he laughed every time he did it too, which made it even better because it was like, that joke sucks. But, he, <laughs> but you think it's funny, he, I guess. He, he loved it. So. Yeah, that's my recommendation. Uh, it's simple, hopefully tasty, and yeah, as with any recipe too, you can kind of customize it to whatever you want. If you want to add some herbs or garlic or whatever else into the instant pot when you cook, oh yeah, that's also good. But something some herb. easy like this is easy. It's it's good to scale too. So if you have a family you're cooking for or something like that, or even several friends, when we're able to do that again, um, you can put more chicken and more sauce and then just yeah it's it's super tasty that's one of the things that's really nice about instant pot recipes is they're very easy to scale they are and they're very easy to make i have come home from a long shift at the hospital been like dog tired and then been like okay i'm just gonna throw the, this frozen thing in there and that frozen thing and this fresh thing and that and I'm gonna turn it on and pressure cook it for X amount of time and it's like damn that's easy delicious food yeah. I think I think what this recommendation really is is you need to get yourself an instant pot um, yeah do yourself yeah. a favor if you don't have one 
if you don't have an instant pot, then it makes you probably yogurt. You probably <laughs> it does. It makes yogurt. There's a new one too that air fries and does that too. So it's a combo. Yeah, Although so I don't know how. A... No, go ahead. No, I insist, Ryan. No, you go ahead. We're at an impasse. I was just gonna say, like, I don't know how much I would trust a dual use like things that have too many uses usually don't ever do anything well but yeah. i'm sure it, it, i actually have looked at it on amazon it has good reviews so everyone knows amazon reviews are are the end all say all yeah absolutely every every amazon review is credible uh valid and also valuable and expert uh it, 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 done by experts yeah it's expert testimony right. <laughs> i love when people put things like pretty good two stars or like one right. star and then the description is product was actually super cool but came in a in a smash box we'll not get this again it's like yeah oh, okay or people are like i used it for three years and it broke and then they're like <laughs> and then they're like so much for a lifetime warranty and you're like, what? what? What does that even mean? You can still use your lifetime warranty. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. Uh, People are the best. Love yeah, them. they are They are the best. All right. Well, uh, that's that's all I had. Do you have anything else that you want to say or, or send out into the universe before we adjourn for the week? Well, I think at this point in time, I think we should go into our uh, dialogue about uh, A Tale of Two Cities. We're just going to go through it uh, page by page and kind of flesh out the meaning. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds no. good. All right. For any of you who want to stick around for that, <laughs> that'll be another 15 hours worth of... <laughs> we're going to we're gonna do the unabridged version. <laughs> yeah. Unabridged. The director's cut version of Tale of the City. Oh, God. Good book, yeah. but entirely way too many details. Yeah, anyway, I think that, there are that, plenty, plenty out there that could have gotten to the point a little quicker, but that's yes. neither here nor there. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining this week. And Jim, as always, a pleasure. And we will see you next week with a new episode and hopefully some more things to think about. Indeed. See y'all next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd oh, love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget, we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at expandmind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, and then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, expand your mind and be kind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have, and uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>